What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Brandon Navarra here. Ugh, exhausted, tired. I'm actually annoyed. I'm slightly stressed out, to be honest with you. Um, so recently, just to go on a sidebar here before we get into the podcast, I was switching my life insurance and going, you know, a buddy of mine works for life insurance for a company, and I want to give him some love and, and whatever. He's been you know, bugging me for a little bit. So we did the whole thing. Well, they got to, they got to send somebody out to your house, you know, you, and, and check you out. You got to pee in a cup. You got to separate into these vials like Dr. Frankenstein in the bathroom. Yeah, they check your weight. They do blood test, all this stuff. I hate needles. I know I got like nine tattoos working on a 10th, but I hate needles. I hate anything connected like IVs like oh my god so she was doing it whatever and 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 look I'm not the healthiest guy in the world but I'm not like I'm not the rock okay I'm not the rock but I'm also not Jabba the Hutt yeah well he's dead so whatever but I've been better and I know I'm getting older I'm 43 years old naturally things change that you've got to pay attention to that you didn't have to pay attention to at 40 you didn't have to pay attention to at 20 I understand that I think I eat better for the most part I don't drink pop really ever I get a craving every now and then and I decide to do it get a coke I told you guys my craving is the coke from McDonald's but I don't know it's been two months since I've had one I know people that that pound pop, Dr. Pepper, Coke, Mountain Dew, like it's going out of style. I don't do that. As far as red meat goes, look, I'm not a vegetarian. I like meat, but I don't eat it all the time. I did make burgers like a week ago, two weeks ago. I had a steak. The last steak I had was November. I, I just don't. I drink water and way too much coffee. That I know. I don't smoke. I don't drink nearly as much as I used to, considering even when I first started this podcast, I drank more. I don't. The last drink I had, well, that's not true. I was going to say it was December 9th, but no, I had one at Tups a couple weeks ago, too. I just don't drink. I, I run, but my problem is I snack, and I know that over the last couple weeks or month, I'll say month, My snacking at night because I'm staying up, I'm writing, I'm working on things has not been great. I need to, I need to switch that. But either way, my cholesterol was high. First time in my life, my cholesterol was high. Is it through the roof? No. Is it on the higher end? Yeah. But you know, when you read something like that, you're like, what? 
instantly I'm scared. I'm going to have a heart attack. Oh, my, my headaches are a sign of a stroke. I'm dying. That's what I do. I go into panic mode. I start researching everything online. How can I get this down? Now, exercise, diet is the best thing. I need to lose a few pounds. Not a lot. I need to exercise more. And I've been exercising more because I'm getting ready to do this big D climb. We've got a half marathon. We've got a 5K. Like, I'm getting ready. But I think diet is the key. And the snacking's got to stop. But, it, but what I found out is it's like over like a five, six-month span. So a couple months of being off your game or not exercising as much, being 43, that can raise it. I, I'm reading all this crap and I'm like, I'm panicking because, you know, I got to be in the top shape, healthy, low on, on that side. I don't have to be John Cena, okay? I don't got to look like I'm in Peacemaker, but I got to be healthy for my son because I have this like fear of not being there for him. And I got to be there for him. So this has totally got my head down the rabbit hole of unhealthiness. And I'm trying to figure out a way. Where's my water? Good God. Anyway, I'm trying to figure out a way. You know, I'm getting a game plan together. Anyway, that's what my mind has been at this morning. So I apologize if my enthusiasm for doing this podcast is not as much as it normally is. I almost didn't do it. I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. I don't know. I'm so frustrated. And I've had a headache too for like, it's come in and out, but I think it's my pillow. I'm a mess this morning. I am. Oh, anyway. So I want to say thanks for listening to life of an average Joe. By the way, the, the, the website's been up for a while. You guys should check it out. There's a lot of extra stuff on there. Some extra videos, um, for shows. You can find all the trash talk shows on there as well. Uh, there's a blog that goes with the podcast, which is pretty cool. I've been kind of getting into it, doing some like post episode notes, uh, little things throughout the day, just to kind of give you another window into the life of an average Joe. It also has all the links in there. It's all the social media. So check it out. It's the life of an average Joe podcast.com real hard to find the life of an average Joe podcast.com. You can sign up for the email list as well. And, uh, very, very soon you can get your merchandise on there as uh, I should have new merchandise coming up in the next couple of weeks. Pretty excited about that. Actually, it might even be next week based on, uh, you know, the shipping situation. We'll see, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it then. So anyways, you know, I, I don't know where I got this idea. You know, guys, I love music. I love it. Love listening to music, love concerts, love, you know, love all, everything about music, talking about it, reading about it. I think I saw a meme, <laughs> something, and it was about LimeWire. Do you guys remember LimeWire? And more importantly, do you remember Napster? Some of you don't. Some of you may have heard it, but never were part of that in its heyday. It really was groundbreaking. It really set the, the it paved the way for Spotify, Anchor, uh, all these services. Because without them, nobody would have thought about it. And I don't know. I don't want to say nobody would have thought about it. I just think it would have been vastly different. So Napster was awesome. Napster was founded. I'll just give you a brief history in case you guys don't remember, and I'll get into the story. So Napster was founded by this guy named uh, Sean Fanning and Sean Parker. Okay. Their idea of it was supposed to be individual, individual, peer-to-peer file sharing. 
So if I wanted to share a sound clip or a movie clip or a song or whatever, I could go, hey, let me get uh, Tony over there needs this. I'm going to upload it. Boom, you can have it. Mind you guys, this is before the iPhone. This is before all the great little ways that we could put things in this cloud, all that stuff. This We're talking June 1998. It was formed. It went live in 99. Okay. The MP3 files were huge. It was, a, it was an amazing service by these guys. And there was all kinds of networks out there that you could distribute files on, you know, on the internet, across the internet. You had Hotline, Usenet, IRC, which not even none of those are around anymore. But Napster was focused mostly on MP3s, which really became a, a super user-friendly interface. And it was MP3s and music go hand in hand. I mean, at one point, Napster had about 80 million registered users on it. 80 million. They made it super easy to download songs, um, old songs, unreleased recordings, uh, bootleg concerts, anything and everything. Napster definitely paved the way for streaming media services. Totally. And it was way ahead of its time. It was unreal. One of the coolest facts, I think, is that in college dorms, the high-speed networks became overloaded because of 61% increase in trafficking consisting of MP3 files. A lot of the colleges blocked the use of this site because they couldn't keep up with the networks because the networks aren't, weren't like they are now, and they were worried about facing copyright violations on campus. Could you imagine like Michigan State gets sued? Because somebody's on Napster. I mean, these were big things to think about because what nobody realized is, yeah, you're sharing these music. You're sharing these these bootleg copies of concerts, which, by the way, if anybody's ever been to a concert, it says that it is illegal to record a concert. Yeah, you can put your phones up. Everybody's got clips. or But to actually record it and sell it and put it out there, that's why apps like Facebook will shut it down because you're playing a song in the background. You got to say, I do not own the rights to this song. So these were all available. We literally had people out there recording concerts and putting that, recording acoustic performances of bands and uploading it to Napster. And then it was going across 80 million registered users. And then if you extrapolate that to who they were sharing it with, it was all over there. Napster was amazing. Shortly after Napster, though, I mean, very shortly after, I think it went live in, ah, I gotta say it was, I think LimeWire went live in 2000. That was the, the initial release. And then it lasted about nine years. So Napster was really, really good. But LimeWire, LimeWire was completely free. Completely free. I mean, you're talking about using it in uh, Solaris, Windows, all that stuff. And it was software sharing. Very similar to to Napster. You could distribute software through there and share it to people. And I'm not talking like just music. Yes, music. But I'm talking software programs. So you could get software without payment. You didn't have to pay. Like, let's say you were looking for Adobe. You know, I'm just using this as an example. 
You go on LimeWire, bam, this guy's downloaded. This guy's uploaded all the software that you need for Adobe, and you can take that and put it on your computer without all the licensing. It was insane. And completely, if you hear the garbage truck, it's because I've got the window open, and I'm sitting at my desk, and it's just really nice out. And I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to leave it because I don't care. And the garbage truck is having a wrestling match right now with the garbage can. So the dumpster. So I don't know what the deal is. But LimeWire was really great. It was, it was essentially a backdoor way to get all your software. Here's the problem. <laughs> illegal, right? Completely illegal. You can't take... Adobe, that's why they have all those licenses. Like, here's your free version. That guy's so loud. Obnoxious. Here's your free version. But if you want every feature on Adobe, you've got to pay for it. If you want every feature of this, you know, I don't know, whatever software, you've got to pay for it. LimeWire, yeah, you could have everything that was available. If somebody had it, if Pokemon had it in Japan and uploaded it, to LimeWire, you could download LimeWire. You could download it yourself, or not download LimeWire, you could download that software from LimeWire, and as long as Pokemon kept updating it, like, hey guys, here's my newest, I just got this, you could get it. And it was on your computer, and it was good to go. Now the difference between Napster and LimeWire was, Napster was a little bit more protective as far as viruses and things like that, LimeWire, you were almost guaranteed to get some sort of weird virus, have your, have your computer shut down. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie to you. There was so much stuff. The other thing that LimeWire was huge on was porn. Now, granted, the internet was a big, is, is like porn. When, when the internet came to life, porn, I, I can't imagine. They, they did a jump for joy after they washed themselves off. But LimeWire would upload porn from across the country, from across the world, from places. It, it was almost like the cradle of the dark web as well. There were things on there that nobody should go to. Napster, you had movie clips and stuff like that, but typically it was geared towards songs. You wanted a song. You wanted an unreleased track from Tupac. Boom, here it is. You wanted an unreleased, you wanted an old Bowie concert. Boom, here it is. All kinds of stuff. New Lincoln Park came out, downloaded on Napster. We got it. You wanted to hear some uh, Eurotech? Boom, here it is. Here's the top Euro DJs on Napster. Download it, rip it, put it on a CD and go. And that's what we did. We did this not just for fun and parties. We did this for money. So back in the day, you you know, you had your mixtapes, which I talked about for a while there. You would you could you could record songs off the radio or if you had your double disc or double cassette tape you could put one cassette tape in record the other you know tape whatever and then of course cds when cds came you could record the cd to the tape obviously not vice versa but then you could also copy cds burn cds but we would create our own cd mixes we were going we were going to Chicago. Okay, we got a three and a half hour, four hour trip. Depending on what, we need a CD mix. So we go to Napster and start ripping tracks. Boom, boom, boom. Let's let's get a Chicago mix going. And we would write that. Chicago mix uh, two thousand, Chicago mix ninety-nine, whatever it is. And there we go. 
We had a party. We had New Year's Eve party. Okay, it's New Year's Eve 99. Boom. Besides Prince, what else are we going to put on there? And we go to Napster and do it and create these mixes. My roommates would create these mixes, you know, Jeremy's Jams, you know, and he'd put whatever, you know. Um, he's got his girlfriend coming over. Jeremy's hoping not to get her pregnant mix. You know, whatever it may be, we would put it all from Napster. And, and, and you would find different versions. You'd find some versions that were like, ah, this is a really crappy version, delete it. You download another one and they would have ratings on there of how fast they would download, how long it would take, and the rating of the actual quality of the version of the, the track you wanted. So you got a pretty good indication as, as what it was. So we were there and we were, we were huge in electronic music. I mean, we had DJs in and out of our house all the time. All the time. Besides the fact that I used to do it, besides the fact that I was working at a club and, and love it, <clears throat> and we'd go see DJs, we'd have DJs in and out of our house. I mean, at, at some point, there'd be three DJs in the living room, we'd have like six turntables up, and it was just like, oh yeah, okay, must be Wednesday, you know? And that's what we did. Um, at, at any given point, there was electronic music on in one of the bedrooms or some part of the house or hip hop or music as a whole. I mean, I think the time there was only mu- that there was never music on was when somebody wasn't home. Like if people, if we were all happened to be gone, there wasn't music on. But music was such a huge part of our life. It was on more than the television. Completely. I think the only time that music wasn't on as well when we were home was, I guess if we were sleeping and even then, I, I can't say for sure. We were watching wrestling, we were watching sports, watching soccer, then music wasn't on. Otherwise, soccer's over, music's on. That's just how we were. So when we were getting tracks from DJs from Germany, from Chicago, from Philly, from Europe, from Italy, you could find them on Napster. And then you start connecting with the people that were uploading it, and they would... It wasn't they alerted you, but they would almost have their own profile, so to speak, where you could just click on that user. So let's say Italy Dude 42, you could click on that user, and there's no picture. It's not like Facebook or anything like that or Instagram. You just clicked on it, and it would pull up every single thing that this particular user uploaded. And so you could scroll through and be like, all right, this is a good user. I almost called him a loser. He probably is. This is a good user. Let's make sure that we follow, like, let's follow this guy, not follow him, but let's download anything we can from him because we know it's good quality or stuff we can't get. And we did that with live concerts and stuff like that. But then we would put together our own mixes for ourselves. You know, I liked certain things that, let's say, my roommates didn't like or vice versa. And then it just got to the point that we were never buying really music. I don't want to say never because there were still those albums that would come out that were like, I'm buying it. I want the liner notes. I want to be able to open up the book. I want to look at the artwork, that sort of thing. But we didn't have money to just go pop on CDs all the time. So why not just rip them from Napster? It's free. We, I mean, and who cares? I wasn't worried about the FBI coming in my house and it's on the internet. I mean, <laughs> sorry. I mean, what do you want from me? And we could find local artists that way, local DJs that way. It was really cool. 
what we did took it to the next level because we started getting requests from our friends. We started getting requests, you know, hey, can you burn me a CD? I'm looking for this. You know, girls we were dating at the time, could you burn me this? Can you, you know, family members, certain family members, can you do this? And we would do it. And then we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are we doing this? I'm, I mean, I'm going through, and we were buying CDs by like, they had the, like the high grade blank CD discs. You used to see them at like, well, we had Meyer back in the day. I guess it would be the equivalent of, they'd be at Target or Best Buy, Circuit City when it used to exist. And we'd go buy those CDs. You'd get different color ones too. It was awesome. And they'd have the little, they'd have the cases, the jewel cases to go in. And you can make your own little artwork and cover on them. Anyway, which we did. They buy by like 50 to 100. And we're burning through these between us and people asking. We're like, dude, we got to start charging people. So we started charging people for mixes. Because it also takes time. Sometimes you'd have to click on a track or two tracks. Because again, the internet wasn't the way it is now. The Wi-Fi, I mean, come on. Look what year we're looking at. You're plugged in. You got the modem. Um, Computers were not the way they were. These are not like these little tiny laptops. We're talking like we had a computer. And it got smaller. But it's not like nowadays where there's the size of a tablet and you can launch a space shuttle from it. This is back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Totally different. So we took time. You put it, you download a track. Sometimes you'd have to go to bed. Wake up, okay, the track's 94%. And then sometimes it would get stuck. It would just sit there and fluctuate. And I'd be so frustrated because I didn't want to start over. I didn't want to start that track over. At 94%, I'd leave it. I'd go to work for eight hours, come back. Oh, it's 95, I'm leaving it. So it would take time. I, I never forget being able, we were trying to download uh, CKY. I don't know if you guys know CKY is. It's the guys from Jackass. It's their little band. They had music. It's like punk rock, but they did this freestyle rap stuff and it was hilarious. And we were trying to download it and it got to 99% after like three hours. And all of a sudden it just stopped. And I begged them not to do it. I was like, it only needs one more percent. It's going to be fine. And they had to cancel it and we couldn't get it for like a week. Oh man, you, it was like watching your team in overtime and they're right there at the line and the clock winds down and they never get that shot off. Like you knew if he would have just got that shot off, they would have got it or ran the ball in. They'd have been okay. But the clock stops and you got nothing now. I was so mad. I didn't even attempt to download it for a while because I was just furious. Ultimately we got it and I could care less about it now, but whatever. But we decided, because of the time and effort that it took for us to download this free illegal music, we're going to charge people. So we started to take requests. Because a lot of people didn't have computers. Computers weren't regularly available. They weren't just at everybody's house. They became that way. But like you could have one person sharing it. If you were in college, yeah, of course. In the dorms, sure, yeah, everybody had them. But... But again, you were sharing it and you were focused on school. And if you couldn't get on the website because of college, 
which is legit, you had to get your music somewhere. So they come to us. We pass the word around. We take lists. I'd bring in X amount of people. Let's say I brought in five people. This is their track list. We'd get to the point where they'd play a flat rate no matter what. You want this CD? I can hold this many tracks. It's going to be $4 or $5 or $3, depending on who the person was. But it's a flat rate. If I can't get all these tracks, you're still paying me. Then we had a people that we pay by track. Okay, it's, you want to pay by track? Cool, it's 25 cents per track. You want 15 tracks and I get them all? 25 cents times 15. I don't get them all, just pay me for what I got. Most of the people just said, man, here's 10 bucks. Give me two CDs. These are all the tracks I want. If you can, you can. If you can, you can. Cool. So out of that 10 bucks, because nine times out of 10, I would have my roommate download the stuff. I didn't do it. He did. I'd just get people. We'd put the CDs together. Had my other roommate design the artwork. And then I'd go drop off the stuff. I didn't want to deal with the download. I just brought the people in. And he had the computer, the main computer in his bedroom. I had a little one. Not a little one. I had one, but I didn't want to use it for that. I literally used it for writing and playing a few games on there and emails. That was it. It wasn't a great computer. I got it for free at the time. So if I gave him 10 bucks, we would take a dollar out for the discs, put it aside. I would get $3 out of that. He would get $3 out of that. And then the other three would go towards our bill for the internet. And that's what we would do. Now, you guys are saying, oh, wow, Brandon, you made a couple dollars. Okay. Extrapolate that again. That's the second time I use that word. Let's times that by 30. Which was, I would bring in anywhere between 30 and 40 people a week. Now you're talking 90, 120 bucks a week, cash, under the table, no taxes. Do that times four. I might have to tell you how hard this is. I mean, that's good money. I would do that now. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. But um, that's what we did. And it became a lucrative business. It bought us a new couch. It paid for some bills. Paid my car insurance. Got me to Chicago. Actually got me to move out. I saved it so I could move out and get my own place. That's what it was. And we did this all the time. And we were getting some amazing music from it. Because again, this was before iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, all that stuff. Occasionally we go to LimeWire to get the software so we could edit some of these tracks. Let me, let me pull this out. Let me pull this out. We get GarageBand off there. All these editing softwares from LimeWire, all of this completely illegal. It didn't really dawn on us to how illegal it was. I mean, the selling of it did. Um, but the downloading of it, because, again, we were small fish in a large pond. The real people to go after, we were, and we, we, I remember staying up all night doing this stuff. Sitting there in the bedroom, 
maybe uh, eating some pizza, drinking, drinking, probably drinking because we were doing a lot of bad stuff back then, hanging out, and napsturbating. <laughs> yes, that's what we called it. I, know, I can't come up, I can't take credit for the name because I didn't, Jeremy did. He was like, no, I'm not going out tonight. I'm just going to go in the bedroom and napsturbate. And I'm like, what? He's like, I'm napsturbating. I'm like, bro, trademark that. And it became a thing. What are you guys doing this weekend? Ah, we got to do some napsturbating. You say it fast and people look at you funny like, wow, you all going to do that together? But that's what we did. We were napsturbating. And we would cancel plans so we could napsturbate because we were making too good of money. I remember our girlfriend. We're dating these two girls, not together, but my, it, they were they were kind of buddies. They became buddies because they spent a lot of time with us. I'm not gonna say their names, and um, they were like, "Hey, are we going out tonight? Or are we just lounging around the apartment? We're napsturbating." And these girls were like, "What? We're gonna napsturbate?" And they became part of it too. They became part of the napsturbating crew. I'm gonna keep saying that to make you guys totally let your mind wander, but. They would help us. They would bring people in. We were just building it. They got frustrated sometimes, but I felt so bad for them because there'd be nights I was like, I'd have to tell my boy, like, I can't napsturbate tonight. I got to take so-and-so out. We got to go out. If I napsturbate anymore, she's going to leave me. <laughs> but you end up leaving anyway, so who cares, man? Get the money. But, um, yeah, we would just all, be, dude, people would be rotating in and out of the bedroom. What's up? Uh, just finishing this disc. We got five more to go. Cool. I'm going to go get some food. You want some? Yeah, bring it back. We still got a Napster bait. We'd stay up to five in the morning, chilling, playing music while we were doing that. Some of us play video games. Some of us, you know, take breaks. You know, I remember one time he had to go out, uh, do something with his family. I stayed, finished Napster baiting. He came back. He's like, dude, how many got left? I'm like, bro, I only got two. He's like, sweet, we got the night off. I mean, this was like a full-time job. And we were talking about it. Like, how is this even going to... And the quality of the music was getting better, mind you. Like, the, the sound, like they were uploading qualities. And I'm sitting there, how is this even going to last? Eventually. And I, we said it. We sat in the bedroom and said it. Eventually, something's going to happen. Because LimeWire was already starting. They kept on putting out new versions, but we were getting too many viruses. We had almost downloaded everything we could from LimeWire, and we're done with it. Every now and then, we roll the dice like, oh, crap. We got to go to LimeWire. And we talk about it. Like, should we go to LimeWire? Let's go. And they tried. They brought out different versions. They tried to make it legal. I don't know. I don't think LimeWire is around anymore. Any version of it. I think in 2010 or 2009, it it was done. That was the final version. And the name alone says LimeWire. Like, when you see the... If you grew up when I grew up and you did anything that I did, even on a smaller scale, if you see the word LimeWire or the, the infamous logo, you might as well be looking at a used syringe because you were going to get some sort of virus. And it was just a matter of if it was going to kill you or not. That's, that's how bad LimeWire got. Napster had its moments, but was much better. The guys that put that together, much better. LimeWire's, oh gosh. But, um, so we would talk about it. Sooner or later, they're going to shut it down. Well, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. 
There was a track that was going out by Metallica on Napster. And it was, uh, I think it was uh, an unreleased track. It was like a rough cut, so to speak. And <clears throat> it was the name of the song was called I Disappear. And yeah, it was an unreleased track. But then it started to get played on radio stations across in the, uh, the United States. And Metallica was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Well, they found out that their entire catalog of studio material was available on Napster. Everything they've ever done. They knew about Napster, but they didn't realize exactly how deep it went. They found out that every song they've ever done and even some of the recordings that were unreleased were on there. Well, somebody was obviously getting those. So on March 13, 2000, they filed a lawsuit against Napster. A month later, Dr. Dre, who also shared legal firm with Metallica, followed that lawsuit. So in 2001, I mean, that's crazy, Nap- Napster settled both the lawsuits. They were shut down by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. There were several other record, label, uh, record labels that came in, uh, A&M Records, uh, Digital Millennium, all kinds of record labels were coming in. They were coming out of the woodwork. So all those songs, uh, Madonna's song, her single music, that was on the web because of Napster prior to its commercial release. It got 26.4 million downloads when it released. Madonna never saw any of that money. But they got all kinds of stuff. Uh, that its users were directly violating copyrights. Napster was responsible for infringement laws, copyright, copy. Everything was copyrights. And they shut them down. So they had, so Napster had to literally go through and keep track of all of its activities and what songs were copyright here and who they owed money to. Because they all said that they were hurting sales of the record industry. They were, and, and you know what? I could believe it. I believe, besides the artists not getting money for something they worked on, I know for a fact that during that reign of terror that we did with Napster, we were not buying much music like we would if Napster didn't exist. Whether that be from vinyl, CDs, cassette tapes, whatever. We weren't doing it. One of the biggest things was that Radiohead's major, major release album, Kid A, found its way to Napster three months before the album's release. So Kid A had no single. See, Radiohead, Dr. Dre, and Metallica, or no, I'm sorry, Metallica, Dr. Dre, Madonna had singles they were going to release. So it's it's feasible that those could slip through the cracks. Radiohead was not releasing any singles, and it received very little airplay. By the time the album actually released, they estimated that it was that it had already been downloaded for free, for free by eighteen point five million people. Eighteen point five. Now, Kid A did capture the number one spot on Billboard Top 200, but 
Imagine all those people that didn't buy the album. Now, I remember when Kid A, Kid A came out because I'm a huge Radiohead fan. I, I don't listen to a lot of their stuff lately, but when they, they put out stuff, but I love them. And I remember that. I bought the album. But shortly after that, because they didn't think they could fight the album, they could fight Napster or fight what was coming, they released another album and you paid what you wanted for it. You didn't buy it at the record store. They didn't want to jack up the prices because the, the record stores, they wanted the fans to pay what you could pay. I paid five bucks for a brand new Radiohead album. And that was their way to combat what was going on and what was coming from these streaming services. Because if Napster could do it, somebody else could come up with it. But Napster got, Napster got hit. Now, there were some artists that supported it. Chuck D from Public Enemy supported Napster. He said, look, people are going to buy my music. I just want my music out there. I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell in concert. I'm going to sell t-shirts. I'm going to sell other stuff if they can hear my music. He supported it. But most other people didn't. When A&M beat Napster in a lawsuit, which was a huge, huge lawsuit, they blocked 99.4% of A&M's material on Napster was blocked. That's a huge catalog that I can't even fathom. We started to feel that. Because we go download a song, boom, not there. Download a song, boom, not there. So our orders sent us to LimeWire, and then LimeWire was like walking around, punching STDs out of the way, except it was on your computer. So we had to bounce out of that. On July 11, 2001, Napster shut down its entire network. I think on, uh, shortly after that, in, in uh, September, they agreed to pay something like $27 million for the unauthorized use of music. And then there was royalties of like $10 million. I don't even know how they did that. I, I <laughs> they tried to convert Napster into a subscription service, and this is where places like Spotify and Amazon Music and, and Apple got their ideas from, for the most part. If they say they didn't, they're wrong. But they tried. It didn't really work. It didn't work. Uh, Nobody wanted that. Nobody wanted to pay. And also, a lot of the bands were not letting their music be on Napster because they were just mad that everybody was getting it for free. So they're like, wait a minute. You just owed us money. People were making tons of money off it, like Brandon and everybody in his apartment. And now you want our music so you can make some money off it again? That didn't work. So I believe in 2002, they were acquired by another media. They sold it for like 85 million. And again, they were trying to make a subscription. Didn't work. Eventually they fired for chapter 11 bankruptcy. And that was it. Napster was gone. It was done. However, however, ironically enough, Napster did sell to, I believe it was Best Buy's streaming service, if I'm not mistaken. And I can't remember the name of that streaming service. But, um, oh, Rhapsody, yes, it was Best Buy. So they came back, this was in 2002. They sold it 
and it reemerged, and it was called Rhapsody. So that's their what Best Buy later, you know, purchased and made Rhapsody. And, and I don't know if Rhapsody is even around anymore. Sorry to stumble on that. I was looking up the dates, but I don't know if Rhapsody is. I don't even know. I, I guess it's there. I have to look it up. But for all intents and purposes, Napster's dead. But it was groundbreaking, and it made us a ton of money for a good year or two. I remember we would try to go back into Napster and try to pick the pieces up uh, right before it disappeared. Even when they filed for bankruptcy, it was still on. You could still get in there. And we would download a track, and all of a sudden it would download, and it'd be like, nope. And then they all sent out threatening letters. That's when you started to see things like illegal downloads can cost you fines. You can go to jail. It's against the law. And they really started pushing that. That was because of Napster. Not so much LimeWire. LimeWire, yeah, LimeWire on the actual, you know, uh, software, they got in big trouble too. But Napster started off very innocent, but there was no way those two kids, and they were kids, there was no way that they were ever going to compete against the likes of Dr. Dre. Forget the bands, the legals, the legal law firm. I think he's 41 now. I think Sean Fanning is 41 now. I got to give him credit though, man. I got to give that kid some credit. Smart kid, lives in Massachusetts, uh, went to Northwestern, computer guy. I, I just, look, he had an idea and he went for it. You know, he never, by the way, he's done other stuff too. He's done other stuff. He's worked on the World of Warcraft games. He was CEO of PATH, uh, electronpath.com. I don't know what that is. Um, oh, yeah, he, uh, the guy from Facebook left to join PATH. He's done a lot of stuff in a lot of different computer systems. He's a smart guy. In 2000, I'll never forget, man, he appeared as a presenter at the MTV Music Awards, and he appeared wearing a Metallica T-shirt, which I thought was cool. He was basically giving a middle finger to Metallica. I don't think they like that guy very much. Dude, I like you. <laughs> so, but back then, Napster was unheard of. It was groundbreaking. And we made a ton of money off that. I still, the other day, I say I always say the other day, but it was probably like a month ago, I found, I was going through my storage boxes and I found CDs, burnt CDs, and it reminded me of the Napster days. And we would Napster bait all night. I'm old now. I don't know if I can masturbate all night. <laughs> but it did pave the way for, for how we listen to music today. It, shortly after that, we got the iPod and iTunes and the streaming services. Pandora was a big one. I remember getting Pandora first. Not Pandora sucks, but, and I was like, this is awesome. But it really, if you got to look back at it, it revolutionized and maybe somewhat hurt the music industry. The kid from Napster um, also was, he, he appeared as himself. He uh, was in the movie The Italian Job, which I thought was kind of cool. But yeah, so there you go. That's what Napster baiting is. I always wonder, I always wonder now 
Could something like that groundbreak? Are we at, I mean, there's all kinds of illegal downloads, but, but is there anything that's in an industry like that that's going to be groundbreaking? That we could sit there and just really push through and, and go, wow, that changed the game. And I don't know if it's there. I think the pandemic inadvertently changed the game as far as streaming services go for watching and, and how we view programs, how we view movies, major motion pictures. I, I really do. I don't know if anything will, will be quite as big as that, though. I mean, I'm sure there was, but Napster, I mean, I, I can still remember the songs that we would download from uh, him. I don't know if you guys know that band, him. We would download that, uh, tons of rap, I mean, tons of rap. Uh, when Biggie put out his, his double disc, or actually the unreleased tracks, we downloaded it. You know, Outkast, Stankonia. We bought the album Stankonia. We had, at one point, we had five versions, or five CDs of Stankonia in our apartment. Plus, we downloaded all the unreleased tracks that they later brought back on an anniversary album. We downloaded all that from Napster. That was one of our hottest sellers, Outkast. When they came out with Stankonia, there were people that didn't know about Outkast, so they were like, oh, we need more. We were popping out Outkast album. Boom, you want this? And we upped it to like $7, $8 an album, and people didn't flinch. We made a lot of money off of this guy using his brains to illegally download music. It's really just a criminal empire if you think about it. Do I have any of that now? No, I don't. I don't have any of that money now. It's, it's long gone, but it was fun. So, what about you guys? Do you guys remember the days of Napster baiting? You know what? I want, I, I need to find a Napster t shirt. I need to represent Napster still. I know it's going to make a lot of people, my musician friends, mad and all that, but I don't care. I loved it. I don't think I would do it today. I don't have time, nor do I care. Plus, music is so easily and readily available with, with subscription services now. And if I ever want the album, it's easy. I can go to my local vinyl store. I can go, you know, I can find it. So I don't think I would do it now. But back then, oh my God, I can't, I can't imagine. Besides the money I made, I can't imagine the hundreds and hundreds of dollars I saved. And then you see what happened to that kid and you're like, ooh, I'm done. Thanks, Napster. But what about you guys? You guys remember that? LimeWire and Napster, did you do any of that or am I too old? Leave me a message. Don't forget to check out all social media, lifeofanaveragejoepodcast.com. You can email me at thelifeofanaveragejoe at gmail.com. Check me out on Facebook, clips, videos, pictures, all the fun stuff. Big shout out to Oasis. By the way, I wasn't able to get to Oasis. I don't know if I said this in my previous podcast. Because of COVID, they had to change some things up. So my live podcast from Oasis my boys in Austin, great beer. I was not able to get there. That trip's postponed. So it will be coming up uh, very soon. I don't know when we're going to talk about it, but I know there's a, an Oasis uh, beer event happening soon up here close to me. So I'll keep you guys posted on that for anybody that wants to check them out. If you can't get Oasis beer because you're outside of the state of Texas or Oklahoma, just check out their website so you can see what I'm talking about. Look at their brewery, look at the pictures, order some swag, support local, and I will be back next week with, a, with another podcast from the life of an average Joe. You can listen to it anywhere. Thank you again, and uh, don't forget, buy your music. Don't be like that guy. Napster baiting's for old people. That doesn't even make sense. 
Napster baiting is so old school. Just subscribe now. Nobody wants a $29 million lawsuit plus coming your way. All right, guys, I'm out. See you later.